we always want something when it's already developed and already packaged, but that's when you're paying a premium. Right. When you get into it in its early development stages or you're a part of that development, that sweat equity you put in and that patience you put in is where you really build wealth. And, um, you know, for us, we want to build wealth for our fund and build wealth for our families. And so we thought that the South Side was a prime pickings. Welcome to the South Side Show, your local news and information source for Atlanta's South Side. Welcome to the South Side Show. I'm your host, Artie Jones III. The South Side Show will introduce you to the talented individuals, visionary leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and game changers that make a South Side strong. Today's guest is Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center and founder of the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. How you doing, Jay? Um, well, thank you. How are you? Great, great. Well, thank you for taking time out to visit with us um, on the Southside Show. Um, first and foremost, I want to kind of, uh, I guess, introduce you to the Southside Show guest. Tell us a little bit about your background first. Where are you? Are you from the Atlanta metro area? I'm not. I'm from New Jersey. Jersey. I hear. I hear. I can hear it in your voice. Yes. Well, check this out. I'm from Somerville, New Jersey, and I was raised on South Side Avenue wow. in Somerville, New Jersey, on the south side of town. Man. And played at South Side Park my whole life. Wow. And so I find myself here six years now in Atlanta metro area and on the south side. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. God knew what he was doing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So you grew up on the south side in Somerville, in Jersey. And, you know, where did you matriculate? Uh, did you, you know, what high school did you graduate from? In that yeah, so I, I went, uh, I dropped out of high school at 16 years old. Okay. And went back to a high-risk or at-risk youth program called the TOPS program. Okay. Where I graduated from Somerset County Vocational uh, four months after I graduated. I landed myself in Rikers Island. And, Rikers. Yeah. Which Rikers, is big prison. Big prison. Yeah. County Jail of New York, uh, C-74. Uh, went upstate to a, a boot camp. And um, next thing I know, by the time I was 21 years old, had three felonies in three different states and had served two and a half years in prison. Wow. Yeah. So that wow. was part of my matriculation was um, trying early entrepreneurship, wrong product. Yeah. I, I guess you grew up really quick during I, that, that time. I did. I did. And, um, you know, that was my environment on my south side. Right. Uh, I was a product of my environment. My, my mom sold drugs, my, my step-pop sold drugs, my, my dad, my grandpops, and that was all what I seen growing up, and it was either playing sports, rap, uh -huh. or you're gonna make it off this corner. Uh, but then while I was on parole at 22 years old in Plainfield, New Jersey, I got introduced to mortgages um, okay. from a mentor. And that mentor um, introduced me to a game that changed my life. And uh, I saw I could make $6,000 my first 30 or 40 days pushing papers refinancing yeah. loans. And then I, uh, about 25 years old, got serious about it and end up um, getting my real estate license okay. in New Jersey and uh, buy my first property and first duplex and then first flip and uh, about 27 became a millionaire. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a so south side from, hustle. Yeah, exactly. From 21, <laughs> you know, I guess you were, were you incarcerated at that time? Yeah, I, I turned 21 years old in Eastern Correctional Institution in Salisbury, Maryland. And then five years later, 26, Mm -hmm. Millionaire. About 27, yeah. 27 years old. Wow, wow. So a lot happened in between, I guess, 21 and 26. What was the major turning point other than you being introduced to, I guess, mortgage? Tell me about, did you have a mentor during that time? Yeah, so I, we uh, had this parole mandated program called uh, ISP, Intense Supervision Parole. 
and we had to go Saturday mornings and all of the felons, we all got in a circle with Round Robin and we would build and a, a pastor, Antoine Thomas, would kind of mentor us and kind of mediate. He's probably like 37, 39 years old. Okay. And um, yeah, I hated it. But uh, one day I was going to go back to prison. I had decided that I hated parole so much because we had a six o'clock curfew and a journal and they pop up with random breathalyzer tests and urine tests. I was like, man, I'd just rather go back to jail and finish my time and, and come home right. with, with no papers. And uh, the pastor, my mentor said, bright idea, Jay. But before you do, before you decide to turn yourself back in for jail, take this car to go see my wife works at this company. And so I put him on best Sunday khakis and a button up <laughs> and um, walked into the, uh, the mortgage office and they gave me a shot. Um, so that, that mentorship planted that seed. I graduated the ISP program, went back to the streets for three more years, had a close call with the feds. Uh, one of my transporters got caught with 700 grams of coke and five pounds of weed. And then I decided at that time, I should switch my hustle and start selling heroin. So <laughs> I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna switch my hustle. I'm not gonna do it again. No, so man, just, I was a knucklehead. You just, you just changed businesses. Your business I, model changed. Yeah, I figured instead of transporting coke to Baltimore, I'm gonna sell dope in, in North New Jersey. <laughs> okay. And so uh, one day I was in the corner in North New Jersey, South South Tenth and Springfield. <laughs> South again. Right? South Tenth and Springfield. I was standing at the corner at six thirty in the morning, uh, twenty five years old, turned twenty five, and I, I really asked myself where I'm gonna be when I'm thirty. And uh, God gave me a vision of myself uh, on the ground on a black cement, head by curb, and my head was bleeding. And, um, and then I had another vision. I was had a tan suit on behind green bars with chip paint, and I was holding the bars. And so I tried to shake it off and reimagine, like, you know, fancy cars and a few women and some gold chains and something and mm -hmm. successful life by 30 as a drug dealer. And I couldn't even imagine my own success anymore. And at that point, um, I cold turkey quit. I literally had products still left. I gave it away. I was just heavy in my spirit. And I, I, I challenged myself, too. It was like self-accountability. So I said, all right, you've been hustling since you were 15 years old. Started selling drugs at 15. Mm -hmm. And you're now 25. And you, you know, I had some ups and downs. Might have had a couple cars here and there, a couple watches. But you served two and a half years in prison. You're a three-time felon. You get caught again. You're probably going away for football numbers. Um, and are you a hustler or are you a drug dealer? Because a hustler costs with anything. A drug dealer only can sell drugs. And so um, that really motivated me to prove that I can be successful in another space. Right. And the seed for real estate was already planted. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna go back to the mortgage company. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna try at least to give that the same energy I gave these streets, okay. which was 24 hour shifts, seven days a week, nonstop grind, high risk tolerance, <laughs> operational setups, mm -hmm. right? I had scanner jackets in my, you know, scanners in my jacket, all kind of, all this, so all this ingenuity right. and innovation, try giving it into a, a legitimate industry. And I did, and I didn't have immediate success in real estate. I actually, uh, took me nine months. I, I went broke. I lost all my money, was borrowing money, was driving a 93 Mercury Grand Marquis with no driver's side door handle, parking it around the corner, meeting clients. Right. Um, but uh, the month I was gonna quit, uh, cause I, I, was, I was getting tired. Cause I, cause I just, I was a grown man now. I was used to having money, but now I'm borrowing money from my mom. And uh, the month I was going to quit, I made 13000 off some mortgage loans. And then the next month, I made 33000 And then four months later, I made 93000 wow. off a of foreclosure. You told me about, you know, you becoming a millionaire at 27. And we talked about this, you know, probably about a month ago in your office or a couple weeks, is that um, you went back to some of the same neighborhoods and you even started a program where you were having, you know, 
probably hundreds of young men that look like us and you were actually showing them the ropes and Correct. getting them. Talk to me a little bit about that. I, I, look, I love that story. Yeah, so I, as I evolved uh, 27, 28, 29, made a lot of money, I did like one or two engagements in some churches, telling my kind of testimony and, and, and transformation story. Got uh, acknowledged by BET on a show called Transformations and Vibe Magazine, early success. Uh, I'm now 42 for reference. Um, but then I got selfish and arrogant and I was just feeling myself. I mean, I, I made it out the streets. I got out the mud and I was, you know, I was doing well. Um, and then God humbled me uh, deeply and also showed me that all my success and, and the grace he had on me wasn't for me. It was, it was for a larger purpose. Right. And so I went broke and bankrupt by, uh, by 30 and um, went through a dark, deep depression, was divorced by, uh, at that time as well. I got married, divorced in the same year and just a lot of life experiences living in foreclosure, um, hustling, grinding it out. And I actually have this coming out in a new book that I'm, I'm releasing in, in, the, in the, next, the next quarter. But um, long story short, 2012, God said, uh, give me a call and said, take care of my people and I'll take care of you. And so when I got back into business and building my brand and back into real estate, it was really about the people. It was really about serving God's people. And um, that's where my blessings came from. And so I got really intentional and started a high school program called Hip Hop to Homeowners. Where we would teach financial literacy in high schools or doing large assemblies, bringing a DJ in and making Now, it, was this in Atlanta? Or this was this is in Jersey still. Jersey, okay. Yep, this is 2013, 2012. Uh, by 2014, I started my online school, the Jay Morrison Academy, where we teach wealth education, making it more affordable, more relatable, accessible. And then I had a vision for corner classes, teaching on inner city street corners, like the ones I left. Okay. And so I would bring a flip chart out on the corners all around the country, and I would teach. So my first class was in Baltimore after Freddie Gray, and we had about 60 in attendance outside in February in the cold. I had a knitted hat on, wow. fingers cut out in gloves. I'm teaching on a whiteboard to 70 in attendance outside on Harlem and Dolphin Ave in East Baltimore. Now, were they engaged? Everybody's locked in. So this is a vision out my head. I'm like, yo, people are really, really sitting here for this? <laughs> yeah, imagine if you had a, a roof over your head and, right. you know. An hour outside, right? And so my second one was in Bankhead. Okay. My second one was in Bankhead and, um, 90 people came out to the class, CBS News covered it, people flew in from Washington State all over the country to come to this outdoor corner class. And that's when I realized uh, uh, that my movement was uh, meant for Atlanta. Because when, I, when I, I saw the image God gave me to take care of my people, they were black people. Mm -hmm. um, it's not saying that all people are not God's people, because they are. Mm -hmm. um, but the people he assigned me to help repair were those least amongst us. And if we look at our, statistically in our country, um, our people, Africans in America, are the least amongst us. And so um, I moved to Atlanta a month later. A month later, I'd, I left my condo in New Jersey. I'd found a, a short-term rental in a 12 Atlantic Station. And that's when I came and got a small box office in Midtown, probably no bigger than this set, and uh, started my grind into Atlanta. Um, and, and, and fast forward a few years, when we opened the Legacy Center, I started, uh, I interacted with the Water Boys in Atlanta. And okay. I told the Water Boys, outside of me giving you this $10 for one bottle of water, because that's really the, the hustle is a donation. <laughs> so I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I said, but I want to give you a bigger opportunity. I want you to come into my office, and I want to teach you guys about entrepreneurship and give you a private kind of coaching session. And so they came. So the Water Boys came to my conference room at the Legacy Center, came to our executive conference room and sat, and we, we built for a few hours. And after that, uh, God put it on my heart to create a program like the one that changed my life and I mimicked this the same. It's a Saturday morning program from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We hold it here on the south side in, in, in East Point at the Legacy Center. Uh, actually, February 18th, we're going to be doing an eight-week straight. Usually we do every other Saturday. Right. First, every first and third Saturday. 
Uh, we've been doing it for two years now. We're partnered with my brother, Keeper of Fulton County and the Obama Foundation. Uh, it's been successful, over 200 men that we've taught and impacted on entrepreneurship, on mental health, record expungement, uh, welding, vocational careers, and all that. But uh, this February 18th to April 8th, we're gonna be doing an eight week straight run every Saturday for eight weeks, um, taking an inaugural class and really making it a rite of passage program. So it's a life transformation and rites of passage program where we're gonna sign up the first young men on the 18th and we're gonna document their journey on during this eight weeks of going through everything from professional etiquette and, and dress code to uh, their conduct, to self-sustainability, how to change a tire, how to tie a tie, and these different exercises. And we're gonna literally document it and we're gonna see who showed up and how they turned out after this eight week experience. And then we'll have some kind of graduation ceremony here on the South Side, the Legacy Center. So um, that's one of the great things we're doing, but uh, that, that work was inspired by somebody pouring into me um, when I was a high risk youth. And obviously wow. the results were fruitful. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And I really wanna, like I said, play a part. If there's anything that I can do or the Southside Show can do to support you in, this, in that event, uh, we would love to, to be able to participate. Um, it's amazing, um, you know, what you can do, where you've come from, you know, what you have been able to do uh, because you made, I guess, God's purpose your purpose also. Yes. Um, Tell our Southside Show guests about the Legacy Center. You've, you've referred to it several times, but nobody really understands exactly what it is. You know, um, of course, you gave me the, the, the tour, the, the grand tour, fantastic facility. But tell us a little bit about, you know, the Legacy Center and all the different services that you offer there. Sure. Um, and before I forget, if anyone does want to participate or bring their young men out for our Rites of Passage program, they can register at Legacy Center of, uh, LegacyCenter.com forward slash events and uh, or just show up on the 18th with your son or, or, or uh, you know, child. And what age group uh, is it? Yes. Ages uh, 12 to 24. Okay. You have young men 12 to 24. They must enroll by the 18th for, for this particular Rites of Passage program. Uh, the winner or winners of the program will share in a $25,000 grant for uh, starting their own business or for clothes and attire or for you know uh, any of their goals. Um, we're looking forward to those youth that will be locked in and, and engaged the most. Okay. Uh, but everyone can participate or, or you know moms, dads, aunties, uncles, guardians, drop them off. We serve lunch. Uh, okay. So three hours you get a break on your Saturday, 11 to two. Okay. And uh, we also get to you know pour in and serve them. So definitely wanna use the Southside platform to allow the family of Southside to uh, bring their sons or young men out uh, who fit this program. Okay, great. Now, Legacy Center, yes. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, so we say Class A facility. We are talking about uh, all the trim, all the bells and whistles. Uh, we took the Carter Brothers building, uh, which was owned by Chris Carter, Chris and John Carter, formerly the Minnesota Vikings, pro bowler. They had a building, uh, I think an electricity company, and we uh, did an adaptive reuse of that building into what was supposed to be a grand co-working facility. Uh, we launched January 8th of 2020. And uh, we all remember <laughs> by February, March, March <laughs> of 2020, it was quarantine, it was shut down, it was a global pandemic. And so we had an amazing grand opening with 3,000 in attendance, uh, great business plan. But um, when we were faced with the global pandemic, we had to figure out how to shift this business plan of opening a 30,000 square foot facility in a 2.6 acre campus uh, and what do you do with it now? People can't meet. 
Right. And so we made some of those adjustments, uh, you know, to be responsible for our, our partners and our fund. We have 15,000 partners, families uh, that are partners in our Tulsa Real Estate Fund, uh, the largest black-owned crowd fund in the country. And um, so now we stand as a media production space. Uh, we've had Delta, Air France, and other major corporations rent us out for conferences, other technology companies for conferences, and uh, entrepreneurs for fashion shows, uh, youth events. We, we, we see it about uh, between our, our, our A gallery, which is about 13,000 square feet, and our B gallery, 7,000 square feet. We see it about uh, 2,000 uh, individuals, maybe 1,700, 2,000 individuals, depending on where you're seating. We also have a brand new podcast lounge with three different podcast sets that you can lease out okay. uh, to do your uh, shows, et cetera. And we have a major psych wall for photo shoots, music videos, a big white wall that you can you know, create your own kind of environment on and um, photo photography wall as well. So it's great for content creators and uh, media and film uh, companies, but also just a great venue. Uh, we have uh, several weddings that are have been or scheduled there. Um, as well as smaller receptions, jazz musicals, and all that. So it's a space that is uh, that offers all the high-speed Wi-Fi, all the decor, all the trimmings, cafe, you know, those kind of things that we need. Uh, but really, for us to use as a community for uh, our events, our private events, or corporate events. But as well, we have 16 offices, so we, we lease out to several uh, small businesses and black-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, another amazing thing is that through our development of the Legacy Center. Um, We've created over 200 jobs and have been able to, uh, from our realtor, architects, engineers, our cleaning company, uh, everyone that we've had, all been black owned, black owned vending machine uh, holders and all that, and just supporting the people that um, you know are, are, are dominant in the community. And uh, then we also offer resources, right? So it's all that as an event venue and event space. So I have to say all that. But uh, we, were, we were planted there in East Point to serve that community and to offer resources to the community. So we go over everything from credit classes to business funding, real estate classes and programming. Uh, we offer virtual offices as well. If you're out of state and just need a virtual address here in the Atlanta metro area. Um, so we have a whole and menu of services outside of our events venue and, and media production opportunities. Yeah. So you guys have, I know that's a tremendous investment. You yes, know, sir. I mean, a tremendous investment. Millions, yes. <laughs> and um, so why did you choose the South Side for this particular? Well, location was great, right? So South Side is uniquely positioned. Uh, I mean, Legacy Center is seven minutes away from the world's busiest airport. Right. Right? Two MARTA stops from downtown Atlanta, uh, you know, walking distance to the MARTA, um, right from downtown College Park that was so beautifully developed with all this eatery and, and uh, you know, <laughs> access to... Uh, the goods. I'm a foodie. Um, but um, yeah, so, so that was part of it. Um, it was a great facility and campus, right? So we got we great real estate there. Uh, we have an outdoor campus with a community garden. We have 10 peach trees we just planted and mm -hmm. some, some blueberry and blackberry uh, rows and all that. And uh, we knew that Southside was primed for appreciation as well, right? A lot of times as a, a community or just novice real estate investors, we invest where it's hot and where's the hype. And that's, you're literally the customer at that point. Mm -hmm. When you're investing or buying in a buyer's market or where the hype is, you're literally cashing somebody else out mm -hmm. that invested more wise than you years, right. years prior. And so we have to have the discipline to uh, have patient money, have some uh, fortitude and insight and vision to start investing 
and buying in areas before they're fully appreciated right. so our families can realize that appreciation and that wealth. But a lot of times we always want the blessings in the pretty box with the ribbon already tied and a mm -hmm. bow on top. And I learned while I was in prison, my, my cellmate, um, when I was 20 years old, my cellmate was a double lifer. He had two, two life sentences. And he was 53 years old. He had committed a, um, two homicides. He was 21 years old. And so I was with him 18 hours a day in a cell. And he gave me so much wisdom and game. But he would say a lot of times our blessings um, don't come in that pretty box with the red ribbon and bow. Sometimes it's the beat up cardboard box with some pink stains on it that might have your biggest blessings. Right. And so uh, I take that and that's why I don't overlook uh, areas. I don't overlook people. I don't prejudge you based on how you, how you look or your first appearance, um, you might be my blessing. And so, uh, but a lot of times I think that uh, as laymen, working class or undereducated folks, and especially in our community, financially undereducated, um, we always want something when it's already developed and already packaged, but that's when you're paying a premium. Right. When you get into it in its early development stages or you're a part of that development, that sweat equity you put in and that patience you put in is where you really build wealth. And, um, you know, for us, we want to build wealth for our fund and build wealth for our families. And so we thought that the South Side was a uh, prime pickings. Okay. So what is your next big project? What are, what is Jay, what does Jay want to accomplish within the next year to three years? Awesome. That's a great question. Um, we're going to be scaling our real estate fund. So when we, we launched our real estate fund, our, our raised goal was $50 million. Um, we raised about 23% of that at 11 and a half million with 15,000 families. So we're gonna be going back for another B round and C round of, of capital raising to accomplish our goals of building black Wall Street models throughout the country and buying back the block and development. So we have slated some affordable housing developments in South Georgia. Uh, here in the South Side, we are looking to develop some kind of uh, mixed use and uh, agri-friendly um, you know, community development here. Uh, um, so we're working on that diligently. We have about 32 acres of uh, site control here that we're working on. And so we're looking to develop more real estate that also, uh, our team was excited yesterday. We had a meeting and um, there's this concept of multi-generational mm -hmm. developments. And I think it's really important, especially within a community like South Fulton. And we talk about uh, from population perspective, a majority black city. And there's an issue in our community of generational divide, right? We don't talk about that gap that much, but there's literally like a, a gang, like Crips and Bloods, it's like elders and young. It's like, there's almost like two different gangs that oppose each other when actually we actually complement each other and we're built for each other. Right. Um, when we bridge this generational divide, and I hope to do that with some of our future developments, where there are multi-generational developments where we can, benefit and soak up the wisdom and game from our elders and their, and their advice and their counsel and, and all their experiences. So we don't got to make all those mistakes and can learn from that. But they also can reciprocate by leaning on some of our innovation and some of our energy and what we see in our current age. It's kind of like to be more practical about it is like we have grandmas, aunties and uncles and grandpas in our community that can hold us down and, 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 and help us. But they also have young hands and muscles that can help cut the grass or pick the trees or show them how to work these cell phones. <laughs> right. But, but we, don't, we don't collaborate enough. We kind of uh, think there's been like, there's been this, this Willie Lynch-like line that's been drawn and that I think we've all fed into of where 
it's them young folks over there and it's them old, them old heads or old folks over there when literally God made us in an ecosystem to, as a village, to support each other. So I look forward to doing more developments that are multi-generational that could bridge the uh, generation divide in our community and allow us to, to, to grow and, and really show a model, an example of what a comprehensive village and ecosystem and a self-sustaining one looks like when we're all working together at all age levels, income levels, like this class thing we have, it's age classism, it's economic classism, it's, it's still that. And so I hope with some of our developments we can break some of those cycles. Um, and then we, we just wanna, we wanna grow for us by us, right? Our, our legacy center was developed for us by us. We've done 32 transactions, invested 9.4 million uh, to a dozen black developments and developers throughout the country. And it's just about doing for self, right? We don't have enough institutions. We, we, we point the finger at uh, our economic oppression, economic exploitation and political oppression and police brutality and all these things. But it's like, what are we doing? Now those, I'm not, I don't defer or deflect someone else's accountability, but I also understand there's dual accountability. Right. If your life is, and I know from my own personal life experiences, right? I grew up hard. I, it wasn't fair really how I grew up and what I was born into, but I still had to take accountability for how my life turned out. Right. And as a community, it's not fair what we inherited, it's not. But we still take accountability for how we turn out. So that's why, you know, our fund, that's why our mentorship program uh, and the things we do, like we can't just wag our finger and say, oh, those young black boys are breaking into cars and sagging their pants and they're doing this and doing that and listening to rap music and doing that. But what are we doing to help save them or redeem them or to plant seeds or to pour right. into them, right? And so I'm just a solutionist. And so, so I look forward to more solutions, more collaborations with, like-minded and like-spirited individuals and um, allowing my light to shine on the South Side and plant some seeds here and uh, letting God's purpose show and, 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 and grow um, through whatever I can contribute towards, uh, you know, our side. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Is there any last words that you'd like to leave our South Side show guests with? Um, yeah, it is. So okay. South Side guests. <laughs> uh, we have everything that we need. We have all the resources we need. We have all the land we need. We have all the dollars we need. We have all the ingenuity and smarts and we have everything we need to, to do for ourselves. Um, as I've been here in the South Side more, um, I've noticed things as I've you know went to different restaurants or grocery stores um, that we have to force raising the standard within our community um, from corporations, from those we engage with, and do it in, in tough love, make sure the love is present, not just the toughness, mm -hmm. kinds of ways. Um, you know, my wife's a big advocate for, uh, I don't know if you say brands here or not, but uh, <laughs> big for these grocery stores to start giving us bags with handles on them in the South Side. So, <laughs> so our elders and our moms aren't having to force, force whole bags where you go to another community in Midtown, Sandy Springs, or Alpharetta, and everybody got bags of handles on them for convenience. But for some reason, these grocery stores can't afford it here in the South Side mm. for us to have those, those small conveniences. Uh, we go into our restaurants and, and the hostess stands. Um, we're not greeted like we're greeted sometimes in other places or customer service. And these are the things that, um, you know, we deserve that same level of excellence and, and we have it within us. Um, we just gotta raise our standard. We also gotta be patient with one another and understand that, um, Anything great takes time right. and it takes work. That's the part we keep living out. We, we all have this great expectation and we all want great and we want to hold everybody to great standards. Instantly. Ain't nothing great came out the microwave. 
Not one. Not one. Not one great meal came out the microwave. They all, every great cake, every great pastry, every great dinner, full course meal. It took preparation. It took some 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 broiling. It took some 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 baking. Some some uh, crock pot. <laughs> it took some time. Right, if you want to get something great. So I, I think we got to add that to it. Our, our people have a very, very high standard of expectation and we want to hold ourselves as expectation and, and standard. But then we don't want to put in the sweat equity of, of time, of cultivation, of education, of research, of study, of mistakes and learnings. Mm-hmm. Other communities, they had time to make mistakes and learn. Right. To then be great. So if we want this, this greatness on our South sides, we, we, we have to still hold people to a standard. Iron sharpens iron. But you also we have to also have some level of, of patience and grace um, for those who are genuinely working towards providing us greatness. And that's from our politicians to our you know, workers to uh, our entrepreneurs on down. Um, let, 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 let's have that level of vision uh, and support people and edify them and empower them so we can get the greatness we seek. But if we beat everybody up who's trying to do good work, and tear them all down, everybody gonna say the hell with the South Side. I'm going, going somewhere, so, else. somewhere else. So let's have some let's have some grace for, for those on our side that's working for our side and support those who are, are working for us. Okay. Well, could you please provide our South Side show guests with contact information for being able to get in touch with you and find out more about the Legacy Center and some of those projects that you're involved in? Absolutely, thank you. Uh, Southside family, if you all uh, want to check out our Legacy Center for your birthday parties, graduation parties, we're actually going to be hosting Langston Hughes' uh, football team, our state championship football team. The Legacy Center will be hosting them for their banquet. Um, so we're happy to do that. Um, but yeah, any of your events, go to LegacyCenter.com. Uh, you also can see the tab for our programs and our upcoming events, as well as Big Brother Anonymous, which is our mentorship program I mentioned. Uh, that's LegacyCenter.com forward slash events. You can find me on all social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Mr. J. Morrison. That's M-R-J-A-Y Morrison. Um, MrJMorrison.com as well from my website. And if anyone wants to learn what I've learned in real estate, in business, in credit, to help build wealth for my family, uh, you guys can go to jmorrisonacademy.com for our trainings and all that. And so look forward to connecting with you all and seeing you one day at the Legacy Center on the South Side. All right. Well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate you know, all that you're doing and thanks for coming to the South Side. The thank you. Thank you for having area, me. You know, um, I look forward to working with you. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Hey. And it's a wrap, folks. My time is up. I'm Artie Jones, your host of the Southside Show, bringing you the latest and the greatest that the Southside has to offer. And if you don't remember anything else from this episode, please remember this. Don't Don't sleep sleep on on the Southside. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.